This is the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. I'm your host, RJ Bell, and we're broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Each week we talk about upcoming games and teach you how to handicap any game. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, bringing 29 years of handicapping expertise to the table, and Vegas Runner, a genuine Las Vegas professional batter. Okay, let's get straight into this week's show. First up, we're going to be talking about who is the best team in the NFL. Two weeks to go before the playoffs, who's the best team in the NFL? Now, remember, what makes this show different is we don't talk about the stuff you hear on regular radio. We talk about information worth betting. How can we take that information and convert it into cash? And let me quickly set the table for this conversation. ESPN had a big poll online, and they asked 33,000 and counting people, who's the best team in the NFL? Now, here's the amazing outcome of that. 47% of the audience said the Pittsburgh Steelers. 47, almost half. 27% said Carolina. And then there's a huge drop. 12% said the Colts. 8% said the Giants. 6% said Tennessee. Okay, so Marco, what's your thoughts on those numbers? Well, it's really surprising to me that they're making Steelers that overwhelming. Um, although Pittsburgh has won nine of their last 11 games, their only two losses have been to the Giants and Colts, two teams that are you know destined for the playoffs. But one thing about Pittsburgh, why I'm surprised the public's fallen in love with them, is Pittsburgh is not a flashy team. They don't win by big margins. All of their games have been tight. They've got the best defense in the league. So with them winning, as I like to call, ugly, it's hard to really know how good this team is. If they get the running game going, I don't think there's a team that can beat them this year. But that's what's got them into trouble is whenever they've been forced to throw the ball and Ben has made a few interceptions. The two games they lost, they had a 6 nothing ratio in turnovers to the Giants and to the Colts. But I do believe they're the best team. All right, so that brings up an interesting point, which is when the public and yourself believe the same thing, oftentimes it's a good situation not to, to pass on, on the bets because you're going to have to be betting on the side of the public in order to back your feelings. And we all know if you bet the public, that means you're getting the worst of it because the lines maker is always adjusting to make it difficult for the public to win. Uh, Vegas Runner, what's your thoughts on, um, on this uh, NFL situation? Well, I agree with the 40%, 7% of the voters that Pittsburgh is hands down the best team in the NFL as of today. Um, they've beaten everybody that's been put in front of them, more or less, that's been a meaningful game. They sit at 11-3 and three and coming into this season – we're facing the most difficult schedule. What did you say last week, RJ, in the last 30-some years? Uh, before um, the season started, uh, they had the most difficult schedule in the last 25 years. And, and it's proved to, to have held up throughout the season. Um, I have to agree there with Pittsburgh. Obviously, you are going to have to pay a premium for teams like this. But the fact of the matter is, we're down to the final two weeks of the NFL season. Um and when it comes to this team, like the Steelers, believe it or not, the, the public might love them, but the public don't love them enough to bet them. The last few weeks, if anything, I think the, the betting public 
was fading the Pittsburgh Steelers. They faded them last week against Baltimore. They faded them a few weeks back against New England. They faded them against the Giants. All right, so let's let me jump in. And let's talk about that. So let's because again, the line, the odds are going to tell you what the public really believes because not the opening number, but where the line ends up. So for example, the Pittsburgh game, and we talked about this in last week's podcast against Baltimore. Opened up right around Pickham, and at game time, uh, the, the the consensus line was minus three, three for Baltimore. So clearly, the public bet Baltimore. The lines maker projected the public to be much more on Pittsburgh. Right now, this week it seems to have the opposite situation. Marquee matchup with Tennessee. Game opens around Tennessee one, and now we see a line uh, move up to Pittsburgh minus two. Be in the favor, sure. So, so it would seem to me that there's certainly rare cases that Pittsburgh is not going to be back. But this is one of the most popular teams out there in general, and they're having a great year. Um, to, to add, when you asked about what, what, I, what I think as far as these numbers and how they're going to relate to betting, the one team that sticks out the most to me that I think we have an opportunity to really – um, be able to pick up some some units on this team, possibly profit off them, is the Carolina Panthers. You said they came in at 27%, making them the second best team in the NFL, according to the public that, that voted in this poll. To me, that is a shocker. Um, yes, Carolina is 11-3, but they face the 21st most difficult schedule, so that's the bottom 30 you know, percent of, of the NFL's toughest schedule. And more importantly, the Las Vegas Sports Consultants Oddsmakers Poll has them listed number seven. So they're not even in the, you know, in the top of the NFC. You know, the NFC, according to the oddsmakers, the ones who set prices that we bet into, they have the Giants above them. They have Dallas above them. They have them right there next to the Eagles, who are only sitting at seven, eight and five right now. Um, so I, I think there's a situation where, as betters, we could look to take advantage of Carolina, who will be sitting on an inflated price. Okay, so I, I think that's a great point, and that's what we call a moneymaker here, is we're always going to take a minute and stop and say we have a takeaway that's a moneymaker, that, that we can focus on an action from, from a belief or a position. So Vegas Runner's making a great point. I'm shocked that Carolina, it's one thing to come in second, but literally to have more than double the support of the third team, Clearly, the public in the short term have watched this Carolina team. They fell in love with them. And to me, a moneymaker takeaway is look to fade Carolina. And three times what the Giants got. Which Absolutely. Is even more interesting. Which talks about the match, you know, and we won't get into the matchup right now. Uh, and actually, in segment two, and remember the pregame.com podcast, the sports betting preview show here, has three segments. And the second segment, we'll be talking about the two games of the week, uh, the NFL game of the week, Carolina at the Giants. And in college, we'll be looking at BYU versus Arizona in the Las Vegas Bowl. So we'll be uh, in segment two talking about these specific games. But clearly, we have a situation where Carolina seems to be overrated right now, and the Giants seem to be underrated. The Giants at 8% really show you how short-term the, the short-term perception of the public. Absolutely. This team two or three weeks ago was almost surely in the Super Bowl. Now, only one out of 12 people, 8%, After are looking at the losses. Giants as the best team. Uh, Marco, what's your thoughts on that? Well, the two with the Giants there, the reason that you have the big turnaround is obviously they lost the two games. But the two games they lost also coincides with losing uh, Plexico Burris with him shooting himself in the thigh. Um, that really changes the complexion of this team. 
even though uh, the Giants, Plexico didn't have a year number-wise that he did last year for them, he still commands double coverage. Sure. And that opens the other receivers up. And now you, you don't have that luxury because, you know, the other guys aren't, you know, covered by, uh, you know, two guys. You know, the best next best receiver is getting all the attention. And it's almost like Eli has lost his security blanket. He doesn't look as confident the last two weeks. Now they're coming back home this week. You know, they're catching Carolina. And I just want to add one thing to your Carolina about them being over, you know, value there. People are jumping on their bandwagon because they're scoring a lot of points. That's what, exactly it. But what they're not talking about is this team's defense is horrible. Carolina has given up 27 or more points in seven of their last eight games. All right, so we can tell right off that we our experts are chomping at the bit to talk about this Carolina game. And we'll be getting into the, um, the handicap of that matchup in segment two. Um, all right, good conversation. So really the moneymaker takeaways are look to fade Carolina in general and, and be wary of Pittsburgh. And, and let me um, and, and, and again, be wary means that, that, that our two main experts here believe they're the best team, but if everyone else does too, You're it's kind of hard to make some money. Price. I'll make two comments about Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm a huge Steeler fan. In fact, it's the only team I really root for with, with all my heart. Um, but here's the thing. Their defense really is one of the best Ds of the last 10 years. Uh, you know, watching the NFL, it might be the best D I've seen in the last 10 years. But whenever you have one really dominant side of the ball, people tend to focus on that and ignore some limitations on the other side. Clearly, this Pittsburgh team is worse in the NFL. Marco made the point, oh, if they get the running game going. Well, yeah, if I was 6'7", maybe I'd be in the NBA. This is the worst team on third and one and fourth and one in the NFL. And, and if there's any metric of how well you can run the ball, if you can't get one yard when the other team knows you're going for it, that's a problem. And realistically, this team could have three or four additional losses. I mean, really, this year. I mean, it's, it's very easy they could have three or four more losses and not even be in the playoffs. So we have a situation that the best team in the eyes of the public might not even have made the playoffs with a couple plays one way or the other. Absolutely. So, okay, now let's move on to segment two. But before, we, um, no, it won't be segment two. It'll be part two of segment one. And we're going to be talking about the Heisman and what it means to batting. But first, let's take about 30 seconds and talk to our two main guests here. Um, and these are regulars on the podcast. Marco, we talked about it coming in. Marco D'Angelo, 29 years in the business. And, and to me, the real difference maker is this guy's been a handicapper. He's been a better, but he's also worked with other handicappers. And that's something you got to think about at pregame.com in our pregame pro section. It's one thing to have one guy or two guys, and we have two of the best here with us. But what we have on top of that is dozens of other handicappers. And one of the things we really try to focus on is bringing in the best possible cappers, make sure they do things legitimately, and give you the chance to have both free and pay content from them. And Marco, as the GM of picks for pregame, does an amazing job not only as a handicapper, but additionally as a guy who manages all the other cappers. Now, Vegas Runner, he, he's always the easiest and in, 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 some, in some ways the best story. This guy's a professional batter. From, this isn't something you read on the internet. From Philadelphia, came out to Vegas about 10 years ago, has never had a job, never punched a time clock, has always bet. 
And, you know, to me, if a guy, you know, winning does the talk, and this is the guy that wins year in and year out. And the reality is it might be a situation in a given year that, and again, even pro batters have a down year. But when, you're, when, when your down years are almost break even and your up years are huge winners, in the end, that's, you know, it's like Warren Buffett investing. He has down years too. So we got two great guests with us, and um, let's go straight into the Heisman. To me, we could sit here and talk about, oh, who should have won? won and all that. And that's for Colin Coward, and, and they do a great job with that. The question is, what does it mean to the batter? So let's go uh, into Vegas Runner. What's your thoughts on the Heisman result and what it means to the Florida-Oklahoma game? I, I love this podcast, man, because you know me. I Any kind of dialogue I have, I like it to relate to sports betting. So for me, this is great. Um, and when I... When you brought up the Heisman, that's the first thing I thought about. How is it going to relate to this game? Um, and for myself, I had to stop and think, does Tebow have a chip on his shoulder? Or when you already have I – mean, he, the guy had a Heisman vote this year. Um, does he really have a chip on his shoulder? Is there really anything to prove? Are they really saying that Bradford is better than him? I don't think so. Um, so for myself, I really can't put too much stock in it. Now, of course, as we approach the bowls, you're going to see every kind of stat trend that you could imagine. What, you know, teams that have a Heisman winner have done, what teams going up against the Heisman winner have done. All that stuff we're all going to see within the next couple of weeks. Some of it might be relevant, some may not. Uh, for myself, I like to look at it, how it pertains to the individual matchup we're talking about. Because if you're going to tell me, you know, about a Heisman winner back in 1978 and what happened then, it has very little to do with what we're going to see when Oklahoma plays Florida. So for myself, I really don't think Tebow has a chip on his shoulder, the kind of chip where you, you got to go and improve something. Sure, it's a motivating factor because now uh, for him winning the Heisman, it's pretty much his team won the Heisman. They're saying that, you know, he played the best player in national, you know, NCAA football, and he played for Oklahoma. So I think going in, Florida definitely wants to slap him around a little bit. So I, I'd give the edge there to Florida. Okay, so VR's opinion is that the win by the Oklahoma quarterback benefits Florida slightly in the game. Marco, what you're thinking? Well, first off, I'll be short because VR just basically covered everything that I was going to say. The Heisman Trophy jinx has always been a very good angle to use. But this year, I think it's absolutely meaningless. And the reason being, Tebow won it last year. Bradford won it this year. So you can't say, well, you know, I got the chip on my shoulder. Because just as much as maybe Tebow could have a chip on his shoulder that he didn't win it this year, you've got Bradford that could say, hey, we're both Heisman Trophy winners. I got a chip to prove that I am the best. Yeah. And you're playing for the national championship this year. So I really, it, in my own personal handicapping, no factor at all this year it's for me. It's a wash. Good, good uh, quick answer there, Marco, right to the point. And that's one of the things we try to do here is we try to skip over the stuff that you want to fast forward when you're listening to other shows. Now, my thoughts on this are a little bit different. I believe that there's two factors here with this Heisman. One is public perception. And we'll be talking about that for the next 20 years here is public perception is, is, how, you, is how you pick winners, is you go against it when it's wrong. And when it's right, you stay on the sidelines. That's usually the best advice we can give. 
And to me, the public who's going to be betting this game, this is the national championship game, it's a very public game, is going to say, oh, Oklahoma has the better quarterback. The guys that don't really know anything about these quarterbacks. So I think it's got to be a slight edge to Florida that Oklahoma's gotten a little bit more spotlight because of this win. And also motivation. I agree, there's probably not a legitimate motivation there for Tebow. But almost like Michael Jordan back in the day would find any little slight or any kind of sense that he was put down to motivate himself. And TiVo, since the Mississippi game, it would seem to me, and the game they lost, has really been trying to motivate himself. And this could be another slight motivation. So I think all in all, when you add it up, we have a slight edge to Florida when it comes to the Heisman. That's the takeaway. Not a full moneymaker, but a little takeaway there. RJ, just to inject one last thing with Tebow, the uh, draft experts have all said that for him to go to the next level, he probably would have to go to a different position that not many people think that Tebow can play in the NFL NFL, quarterback. So there I would give Tebow some motivation for trying to prove the experts because he's going to be playing against, like you say, supposedly the best perceived quarterback in college football. So I would give him that little edge there. Good point, good point. Um, Okay, before we close segment one, let's talk a minute about one of the features of pregame.com. This is another free feature, and 95% of our uh, stuff is free, is Pregame Wire. You can go there by going to the homepage, pregame.com, and clicking News Alerts on the left side, or just go directly through pregamewire.com. We actually had the breaking story about the second Oklahoma running back who's going to be out of that game. Uh, the pregame wire beat numerous uh, big-time news outlets with that release. We, I think we were second out there amongst all. You know, That's one of the things we do is monitor all of the news releases. And that's one example. There's dozens and dozens of wires a day, and it's all focused on information worth betting. So that might be something to check out. Okay, so we're done with segment one. We'll be right back with segment two. And in segment two, we'll be talking about the two games of the week. This is Matty O'Shea, Pregame.com's GM of content. And I'm here to tell you about the Pregame Wire, which is your source for breaking sports betting news, giving you injury and lineup alerts each and every game day. If a key player is out, the Pregame Wire will tell you before you bet the game, giving you the edge you need to be a smart and informed better. For fantasy football players, the pregame wire is also a must-visit page to find out who is in and who is out of your lineup every week. Just go to pregame.com and click Wire Alerts on the left side to get the pregame wire alerts right now. We're back. This is segment two of three of the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. Okay, in segment two, we're going to talk about the two games of the week, one NFL, one college. Game of the week in the NFL, Carolina at the Giants. In segment one, there was a lot of talk about this game. Let's get straight to the matchup. Marco D'Angelo. Well, this is we got two games this week in the NFL, and they're big, and they're both for home field advantage. We got the Carolina at the Giants. The winner is going to control the destiny to the home field throughout in the NFC. And the Giants need to find their offense, and they need to find it in a hurry. Uh, the last two weeks, they have scored 14 against Philly and 8 against Dallas. And as we touched upon in the first segment, this goes direct hand-in-hand with losing Plexico Burris. Um, The one thing that they have this week, and I touched upon it as well, they're going against the Carolina defense that's had problems stopping people this year. They've been able to outscore everybody. The Giants have a good defense, and the whole key to this game 
is if the Giants can slow down the Carolina running game. If they slow that running game down and force uh, Delahome to beat them passing the ball, the Giants can win this game. And to me, in a nutshell, that's where this game comes down to. And I do believe that the Giant defense can slow that running game down, and that's going to be the difference in the game. What's me. What's the name of the quarterback for Carolina? Jake Delahome. Delone. Delone. That's Delone. what I always say. Okay. Heard. Well, no worries. No, we're here to make sure no one makes a mistake. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, RJ. <laughs> All right, VR. What do you think? Well, this is a great game. When you look at it first on paper, you got eleven and three at eleven and three, and here we are two weeks before the season's over, and to have this big of a game I mean it's it'll be great um the one thing that sticks out to me number one what Marco said the New York Giants offense is sputtering when you put up only 22 points combined the last two weeks you have a problem even though it was against Philly and it was against a very motivated Dallas team still the offense didn't get anything done um the the thing that really sticks out to me is Carolina's three and three road record going into New York who's sitting at six and one at home I think right there you have to give a big edge to the New York Giants for playing at home. That's why I was a little surprised that they opened this line at three. Because what you're telling me is if they played in my backyard, it would be a pick em. And I just do not think that these teams are that evenly matched. Yes, so, when you, uh, And jumping in VR, on the other side of the coin, if 27% of the public believes Carolina is better than the that's Giants... That's why we're looking at this number. That's why we're exactly. seeing a three instead of four and a half, which is at least what it should have opened up at, and maybe bet down the four. Um, because you're absolutely right. The perception is Carolina is the better team. And when you look at the stats, you might even you know think that it supports it. Because both teams average between 25 and 26 points on offense. Both only allow about 18 or 19 points on defense. But the biggest difference is, Marco said it, the rushing defense for the New York Giants. Number five in the league in rushing yards allowed against number 18 is Carolina's defense in rushing yards allowed. And when you look at offensively, the Giants are number one and Carolina's number four. So right there, one of these teams that love to run um, – the defense is going to have to step up and force the opponent to throw the ball. And like I said, when you look at offense and you look at passing, both teams are very similar, statistical, where they rank in the NFL, both on the defensive side of the ball. So it will come down to the trenches. I agree 100% with Marco. When you look at the series, Carolina's covered eight of the last ten. But it goes back to the 90s, I believe. So that, you can't look at trends like that. And that's a good example is, is, you know, trends can really reveal a lot and sometimes they're meaningless. Exactly. And team-to-team matchups, especially in the age of free agency, you know, except for the, the last few years, after that it's really not too, very pertinent, I think, typically. Okay, so to me this, is, this could be like we could teach a class at UNLV on this game and in, in here, and here's why I believe that is the NFL is only 16 regular season games. We've had two games from the Giants that seem out of character. Imagine, for example, if if the last two games for the Giants were the only two games of the year. If we were sitting at Game Three, we'd all be talking about how the Giants are such a disappointment as a Super Bowl chance. Are they going to win eight games? But if we would have played this game even two weeks ago, you know, you got to figure Giants would be five or six point favorites. So the question is, with only 16 games, 
is were the last two an aberration, a fluke, or were they indicative of a change? We know there's been a change with Plexico. The question is, is that a real change or is it a change that the last two games makes seem seemingly real but really aren't, isn't real? Um, you know, and that brings up a point of, of, of the Dallas uh, defense and the Philly defense. This Dallas team shut down the Steelers, and we've been talking a lot about the Steelers. And Philly shut down the Steelers. So we got two really good defenses, especially right. when they're playing well. And Dallas like, is getting after it on defense right so, now. So maybe, maybe it's an aberration or a fluke, or maybe the last two games really tell us something. And the, and the answer to that question, I think, tells you who the right side is in this game. Okay, so the second game we're moving towards is in college. This is a bowl game in Las Vegas, BYU at Arizona, Marco D'Angelo. Oh, excuse me. That's not going to be at Arizona. It's going to be versus right here. Arizona. Right, right down the street, actually. Yeah, I think I will be there. And that starts us off uh, with the game. And, you know, we're going to have, and this is a good segue, uh, RJ, about later on we're going to have a one-off podcast. But when you look at a game like this, we touched last week, motivation becomes a factor when you begin to handicap these early games. And you got BYU against uh, Arizona. Does BYU really want to be here the week before Christmas in Las Vegas? I mean, they play UNLV you know, on their conference schedule. Um, if they win their last game of the season against Utah, BYU's not here. They're in a they're in a big bowl, and there has to be a hangover effect for this team that letdown. One, they lost to their their biggest rival, Utah. Two, it cost them a major bowl, and they're playing in the first Saturday of the bowl season. And you got Arizona, a team that, you know, was a good team years ago but is on the rebound and finally got themselves back to a bowl game, and they're coming in off a win off the rival, so that gives them motivation. Um, me looking at the game, i got to think that Arizona does have all the momentum going in here. They've played a much tougher schedule. BYU gave up 32 or more points in four of their last six games. Arizona, I think, can shut down this offense and be able to move the ball on this defense. And I'm going to have to look to the Arizona side in this in this game and go with the strength of the Pac-10 versus the Mountain West. All right, thanks, Marco. Now, Marco brought up a, uh, a point, which is we're going to have our first bonus podcast, which is going to be available right now. If you're listening to this, it's available. And we're going to be talking all about how to handicap college bowls. So don't miss that. And just check on the forums or at pregamepodcast.com, and you'll see the college bowl handicapping special. Okay, Vegas Runner, what's your thoughts on this game? Well, I've been going to the Las Vegas Bowl the last few years, and uh, this one reminds me again. I was actually talking to Marco about it at lunch um, when I was at the MGM, and I saw the UCLA players walking through that the casino and through the lobby out into the bus and they just they look like they didn't even want to go to the game like they didn't even care and then I saw the Utah players and they were high-fiving their way out you know and and all happy and and Utah went out there and beat them anyway to make a long story short same situation here you got BYU who I believe all year was a little overrated Um, yes they got on a really hot streak towards the end they won four straight but like Marco said their most meaningful game came the final week and it's one that they got blown out in. They didn't lose. They got blown out 48-24 to 24 at the hands of Utah. And they went in there with momentum. Um, 
And when I look at these two teams, I see they both had the same strength of schedule. So I got to dig a little deeper. And why I say this team's overrated is this. They're number 16 in the BCS, while Arizona isn't anywhere to be seen in the BCS. But then you look at BYU's ATS record. They've only gone 3-8 and eight against the spread. And I'd say most of them non-covers, they were a favorite. Um, so that tells me they were, you know, they couldn't cover the number, which lends to that, you know, supports the, the that they are public perception that a team is that they're a lot better than they are. Um, anyway, as I was saying, Arizona's defense is going to be too much for this team, Marco. I, I think you're absolutely right. You hit it on the head. This defense is number 14th against the pass, number 42nd against the rush, 36th against in points allowed. I think they're going to be able to overwhelm them on defense. Um, you know, as far as giving a pick, it's a little early. The line's three. It's going to stay three. I doubt it's going to go off the number. Uh, but you're looking at a 10-2 and two team going up against a 7-5 and five team. And like Marco said, how motivated could BYU possibly be? Okay, excellent. Good, good analysis, deep analysis. My comment on this game would be that I'm actually fairly close to the Arizona program. I know some people down there. And... Mike Stoops, the head coach at Arizona, literally this year was do or die for his job. And the bowl game, making a bowl game, uh, was the minimum to keep his job is what the word was. Now, the reality is this is, a, this is the first bowl game for Stoops at Arizona, and I can assure you the motivation is there. You, we've talked about BYU not being motivated. Well, Arizona, this is a key win. If they lose this game, it's not going to be a good offseason. So you know the motivation's there. And, and again, when we do have our bonus podcast, motivation is one of the key factors in bowls, and we'll be talking about that at length. Okay, now, before we move on, and we're going to be moving to segment three, which has our free picks of the week from all of the experts, let me tell you about a guy named Simon, S-I-M-O-N. This is a college football expert. He's a poster on pregame forums. He gives all his information away for free. And i got to tell you, this guy is one of the best college football guys out there, and he's got his whole bowl package up for free for everyone. 15 different games, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Um, so, again, uh, the beauty of pregame is you can find a lot of free information. You can find the pay information. And when you combine it all together, you have a great chance to beat your man. And, again, that's going to be at pregame.com and click forms or go directly with pregame forms back, uh, excuse me, pregameforms.com. And we'll be back with segment three and free picks. This is Matty O'Shea, Pregame.com's GM of content, and I'm here to tell you about the Pregame Wire, which is your source for breaking sports betting news, giving you injury and lineup alerts each and every game day. If a key player is out, the Pregame Wire will tell you before you bet the game, giving you the edge you need to be a smart and informed better. For fantasy football players, the Pregame Wire is also a must-visit page to find out who is in and who is out of your lineup every week. Just go to pregame.com and click Wire Alerts on the left side to get the pregame wire alerts right now. We're back with the third and final segment of the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. Okay, third segment, we do two things. One, we talk about the question of the week, which is submitted from a forum member. And if you are interested in having one of your questions answered, just go to pregame.com, visit the forum, jump in the thread, the question of the week, and 
If you're selected, you get a little bonus. Marco, what's the bonus for the question of the week? Question of the week. Each week we give away a $25 coupon to the winner of the question of the week. And they can use that coupon for any pregame pro we have on the site. Just use the coupon code that we will email to you. And you'll enter that in the shopping cart when you check out. And it'll take $25 off your purchase. Um, also, at this time, tell you too, we have our special... For anybody that just listens to our podcast, if you write down the following coupon code, it is coupon code BOWL10, the word BOWL and the number 10, and that's going to be good for $10, and that'll be good through Monday. You can use that. Just pop it in when you check out. $10 off any purchase this weekend, thanks to pregame.com and RJ Bell. All right, all right. Marco's always spending the money, so but we we're always wanting everyone to be happy and, and give everyone the best chance to enjoy both the free information and the pay information. Okay, let's get into the question of the week. This is from forum member Joe underscore L underscore C T. And Joe asked, We hear all the this talk about public money and betting percents. My question is, what do the betting percents mean? Is it the percentage of bets or the percentage of money? Can you please clarify the distinction between these two terms? Okay, Joe, good question. Now, for those who don't know, we have a very unique product at pregame.com called Sportsbook Spy. So you can visit that by coming to pregame.com and clicking uh, in the center of the page. There is a section that's called Who's Betting What? the center of the home page or on the left nav you can click numbers and then in the sub nav click sportsbook spy and what that is 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 it spies on the sportsbooks we get real-time data from numerous sportsbooks and tell you who's betting what on each game and this is the only product on the internet that's both in real time from multiple sportsbooks and free no other product achieves that now to answer Joe's question the Numbers that you see are numbers of bets. So, and, and the point that's made, and it's a good point, is, well, the numbers of bets are different than the amount of bets. And that distinction is where there's a chance for a real opportunity, we believe, is if you see a situation where a majority of people are betting or the majority of bets are on one team, but the line is moving the other way. So let's say, let's say for example, we've been talking about Carolina at the Giants. Let's say the Giants have 70% of the action by number of bets. But let's say the line moved as if Carolina was getting more money. Well, that tells you that the big money is on Carolina and the public are on the Giants. And that's where there's a big group on in the forums that talk about this all the time. That's where you want to back Carolina and be on the same side as the smart money and the big money. And one of the bonuses of that is the fact that because the public is on the other side, the line probably hasn't moved all that much. Or if it has, it hasn't moved as much as it would have if the public wasn't pounding the other side with their smaller but higher volume bets. So yes, it is number of bets to answer the question, but that analysis compared to, or the numbers on Sportsbook Spy compared to the line move, when you compare the two, you have a real opportunity to be back in the big money and going against the public. Okay, now on to free picks. Every week on the podcast, everyone here gives a free pick, and let's go straight to Marco D'Angelo. 
Okay, well, uh, before I get to my play this week, just tell everybody what I have going this week. We've got our bowl packages up and available. It's my bowl games and my NFL playoffs. You'll be able to get everything right through the Super Bowl. And last year, um, RJ, we had a very good run in the bowls, 12-2 and two overall with my bowl selections, including winning my bowl game of the year, which was Georgia, who blew out Georgia or excuse me, Georgia, who blew out Hawaii, and that was my seventh straight winning bowl game of the year. So I'm looking forward to keeping that run. And I just want to tell the listeners about two guys that have some nice streaks going on our site as well. Ethan Laws got his bowl package up and available. And Ethan Law, if everybody remembers last year, 14-1 and in the bowl games, and he had a stretch with the bowl games in the NFL playoffs where he ran off 20 in a row. Uh, great run for him. That's available. And in basketball right now, Ben Burns has hit nine of his last 10 NBA games. And congratulations to Ben Burns. But let's go right into my game. All right, so let me jump in a second. So these picks are, are available you know, for a fee. And the best way to get them is you go to pregame.com, click the left nav where it says Pro Picks, or you can go to pregamepros.com directly. Now, and one other thing, I just did a little quick math here. 26 and 3. So if we took your, and, and maybe there were some crossover games, but if we would have played Marco D'Angelo last year and Ethan Law, we would have went 26 and 3 in the bowls. Yes, you would have, sir. Wow. All right, go ahead, Marco. Okay. Uh, this week's game of the week, I'm going to go to the San Francisco St. Louis game. You know me, I like to go with games that smell, and these two teams are both bad teams. But late in the year, uh, I have some angles that I like to use, and this is going to be the first one. Um, I'm going to take this game over the total. And you've got a team, San Francisco, that's had some low-scoring games the last few weeks. But um, case in point, last week they played Miami. And unfortunately for me, um, that was a big play for me, and I came up uh, point short with using Miami against San Francisco. But San Francisco was in the spoilers role. So they had motivation. Even though their season has not been good, the fact that they were able to try to play spoiler for Miami going to the, you know, knock them out of the playoffs, they had something to play for. This week, they don't. They're playing a garbage team. They're playing their fourth game in five weeks on the road. So you're going to have a tired team traveling back and forth across country, playing a meaningless game. And I've always said, late in the year, final two weeks, when you have two teams that don't have anything to play for, they don't bring the intensity. And it takes more effort and more intensity to play defense than it does to play offense. And you will have these type of games almost resemble a pickup game in your backyard. You'll see high-scoring games. I'm taking this thing over the total. I look for it to go over by 7 to 10 points. Okay, so we, we got a game there and, or a pick, and we have a golden nugget. And that's one of the things that we try to pull out of the podcast is what can we take away. Remember our catchphrases. We're going to talk about this week's games but we're going to teach you how to handicap any game. And one of the concepts is when you have two teams and you believe the motivation or the intensity level is going to be down in a football game, that leads to more scoring. All right, good exactly. takeaway. Okay, Vegas Runner, so we're going to want your free pick, and we're going to want to hear about what's going on with your premium stuff. All right. Uh, well, I'm getting ready for a big bowl season. It's no secret I had one of my worst uh, college football seasons that I could remember in a long time. So for me, it's going to be really important to uh, end it in, in a big way. Uh, I've been working on the bowl games since the lines went up, so I'm uh, really excited about it. 
And uh, basketball's in full swing. And uh, last year I had a great year, especially in college basketball, winning over 125 units in just a couple of months. And uh, we're on our way to doing it again this year. Uh, it's been heating up in both the NBA and college basketball, so uh, I'm really excited about that. And, of course, for uh, this weekend of the NFL, we had a winning, coming off a winning week uh, last week where we hit both our three-star selections. And uh, looking to do the same thing this week. But uh, for now, let's move on to this week's game. Last week, I gave a loser. So Marco knows what I do after that. The week, the next week, I come in and I bring a three-star in the back pocket. And I did the same thing this week for you. This week, I'm going with the Vikings. I used them as my game of the month last week um, on my premium picks, and they didn't disappoint. They went into Arizona as a three and a half point underdog, won the game by 21 plus points, I believe. Um, this week, they get Atlanta, but they get them at home. And when I tried to break this game up, for first thing I saw is they're both sitting at nine and five, but they're two totally different nine and five teams. Atlanta's had a very soft schedule compared to Minnesota's. Um, the other thing I like here is that Minnesota's a tough team to play when they're at home. They're 5-1 and one there. That's not by accident. Um, and looking at Atlanta, when you look at both these teams, they both average 24 points on offense. They both allow 20 on defense. But these numbers drop off dramatically for Arizona, for Atlanta, excuse me. When Atlanta's on the road, that 24 points drops to about 18. While when Minnesota's at home, rather than allowing 20 points a game, they're allowing less than 16. Um, so I think there's a big edge there as far as playing at home uh, for Minnesota. Minnesota, these last three weeks, we've seen them put up 30-plus points. They've allowed only 14 points um, in the last three weeks. Like I said, uh, this is a game where I have no problem laying the three. I say get it early. The only way I can see this line going is up, um, is, which is why I'm not saying to buy it down to two and a half because I think the price will be too high by game time. So we're going to go ahead, lay the three with the Vikings, and use that as my early steam podcast play of the week. All right. Thanks, Vegas Runner. Good, good analysis. Now, I think one of the things, I think beyond the pick, I had two takeaways from what Vegas Runner was saying. One is you hear us talking about losing games, and, and that's something that, that seems uh, reasonable and it shouldn't be a big surprise, but you know, a lot of people in this business that try to sell picks don't want to talk about losers. And that's something that we try to do here is not only do we talk about it, we have to really embrace the fact that you're going to go on losing streaks no matter how good you, you are as a handicapper. 56 57%, you're going to lose for weeks and months at a time sometimes. But you're going to have more winning streaks than losing streaks. So one thing is we admit that. We don't try to hide that. Number two is... Vegas Runner made an interesting point. He was on a cold streak, and he refocused his effort. You know, there's two ways that someone can respond to a cold streak. The, the loser way, the way the amateurs do it, is get freaked out. They press. They don't put as much time into it. All the things that, that hurt your chance to win. A professional is going to say, I'm going to refocus. I'm going to tighten up and really try to do everything that I do well when I'm winning, extra well to get out of this streak. So I think there's a real lesson there. No matter if you're buying picks or if you're handicapping yourself, you're going to have the streaks, and, and you've got to respond to them a certain way. Okay. Now, 
here's my pick. You know, I wasn't sure I was going to give a pick every week, but, you know, the more I'm digging into being the host here, the, actually the more I'm betting at this point. And, and that's the thing. I don't handicap typically. I only handicap games in, in rare situations. I simply don't have the time. What I do do is I play, actually, I play Vegas Runners games. I play Marco's games. I play a few other guys at the site. Um, but additionally, I have guys in town here that are other professional batters that don't have the commitment to, let's say, selling picks or serving the community like Vegas Runner does. And I get their picks through trades and I play those games. And one of the areas I've done particularly well historically is college bowls. So I'm actually going to have a college bowl package up. Uh, it will be up now at this point once you're listening to this. 129 bucks. you're going to get every bowl game from R.J. Bell. Now let me tell you a little bit, bit about my history in the bowls through my sources. Um, the last three seasons I've hit 71%. Now this is all documented at the Sports Monitor, uh, which is the number one documenter out there. 71% over the last three seasons in the bowls. And in 2002, I was the world champion, uh, the number one handicapper, not even tied. I was undisputed number one in the bowl. So it's been a real strong, um, and I say I, but, but you know, I'm very fortunate to have a number of pros that provide me with their very best stuff. And you can have that if you join my package. Now, free pick this week is actually one of my games, and it falls right into uh, my core concept of public perception is... I'm going with Tennessee at this point getting the two. The fact of the matter is, we've talked about this last week, if you do the three-point line move and say, does this line make sense, it can often tell you where you get a good game. If, if Tennessee were laying one, would that make sense, which would be a three-point line move? And clearly it would. That's where the game opened. That's what Vegas thought the game should be. Now, if you move it three points and you say that Pittsburgh is laying five or, or, or four in this case, um, it, well, actually, at this point, Pittsburgh's two, right? So if you move it three, could you imagine the Steelers laying five on the road, even with the injury on the defensive line for Tennessee? That seems out of whack to me. So I'm playing a simple value play on Tennessee plus the two at home. Okay, so we're at the end of the podcast. Let's repeat our $10 bonus coupon just for listening. You can use the bonus coupon BOWL10, B-O-W-L, the number one, the number zero, at the checkout and get 10 bucks off for any one pick. And don't forget, we're going to have our bonus podcast available right now talking about college bowl handicapping. This has been the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. 